So we are in our series, uh, River Life DNA, and today we're talking about values. We all have values. You've got them. I've got them. We all have things we deem important. Those are what we value. I mean, think about it. We all, we all have them because our choices have to come from somewhere. We eat at restaurants because we like the taste of their food. We like the ambiance. We support certain causes because we believe in them or we believe in the leaders. Or we like certain people because we feel good when we're around them. We enjoy time with them. All of those are values. And you see, it's because our values drive our choices. Let me say it again. Our values drive our choices. It's true for you, it's true for me, and it's true for churches. You see, some churches may value different things. Some churches may value tradition. Some churches may value their building. Some churches may value the gospel. But all churches value certain things. Churches can also have unspoken values. They exist and everyone knows them, but nobody ever talks about them. Maybe, for instance, it's values like don't rock the boat or don't offend people or respect people's titles. All of those are values that no pastor might say up from the stage, but everybody knows. And you, you know something is a value when you step outside of it and you get corrected and corralled back. That's a dead giveaway that something's a value. So we've all got them. And churches have them. But you know, when values are thought out well and lived out well, they can help a church stay laser focused on its mission. And that's what we want to do around here. We want to stay laser focused on our mission of bringing hope and healing to second and third gen mom. So we have some values. And Papua and I, in, in thought and prayer and brainstorming, developed this set of six values that we believe will help us accomplish our mission most effectively. So today, it's, it's a, little, a little hodgepodge of a service here, but today I want to I do three things. First, I want to share with you our values. You may have seen them, you may have read them on our re website, seen them in the app, maybe seen them on the TV out in the lobby, but I, wa I want to read them to you share them with you. Second is I want to teach a little mini lesson on what it could look like for believers to live value-driven. And then third, I want to share with you some of the specific things that we do, some of the choices we've made that are driven by our values in the hopes of accomplishing our goal, our mission. So my goal for today, my goal for today is that I want you to buy into these values as much as I have, as much as our ministry team has. I want these values to move you, to compel you, so that you can believe in them and live them in your own lives. Not just when you're inside the doors of River Life, but when you're outside as well. So that's my goal. Is I want you to be, to be able to buy into these values and love them and live them out just like we're trying to do. So, River Life has six core values. 
These six values we developed before we launched, so this was four and a half years ago at least, and then we've been trying really hard to live by these values ever since. So let's start with the first one. First is acceptance. We embrace people as they are. The spiritual life is a journey, and we're all on different places along that journey. And God welcomes everybody to pursue a relationship with him. So why shouldn't we? So we embrace people, we embrace you just as you are. Second is transformation. We pursue radical life change. See, God doesn't just want to accept you. He wants to transform you. As believers, as believers, we are new creations. And as such, God doesn't want us to just stay the way we are. I think it's one of the saddest things, the thought that people could attend church for years and be untransformed and be the same person they were years ago, decades ago. That is not how God envisions the Christian life. Third, relevance. We connect biblical truth to people's lives. God matters to our lives. The struggles we face, the questions we ask, and the issues we deal with. God matters to all of that. And God wants to speak directly into all of those areas. God wants to be relevant. relevant. That, is funda- that is the fundamental part of the incarnation of Jesus becoming human. That's the ultimate act of relevance was the divine becoming the God-man Jesus. Fourth is biculturalism. We honor the complexity of being Hmong and American. So if you're second or third gen Hmong, you live in a world where you straddle two distinct worlds, often with differing worldviews. And it's hard. And it's complex. And around here, we don't want to simplify what's really complex. We don't want to pretend that there are easy answers to what's really hard. And so we want, we want to create a place where we don't settle for simplistic answers to questions of culture and identity. So we value biculturalism. Fifth, authenticity. We are real and transparent. We are real and transparent. You see, we all crave deep relationships, but our fear and our insecurity get in the way. Those things prevent us from showing up with our real self, and they can also prevent us from really being open to somebody else's real self because it's scary and messy. But around here, we want to be authentic. What you see is what you get. And we want to be a safe place for you to be yourself. In all of your awesomeness and all of your terribleness. We want you to be yourself. And lastly, lastly is impact. We want to make a difference in our communities. God created his church, his people, to be a blessing to the world. That was true for the Israelites, it was true for the first century Christians, and it's true for River Life today. 
And so we will work tirelessly, tirelessly to provide for the poor, to feed the hungry, to care for the immigrants, and to help people in need. Because we want to be a church that makes an impact on our community. The physical community, our neighborhood around us, and also the Hmong community around the Twin Cities. So how do these sound? Does that sound like something you can get behind? Like when you hear these things, do you get excited? Do you get that, that little flutter in your heart of like, I could do this. I like it. That's a church that it sounds like I like. I, I can get behind this. Well, I hope, I hope that through those values and buying into those, you can step, come alongside us to accomplish our mission of hope and healing to second and third gen men. So what does the Bible have to say about living values driven? What would it look like? What does it look like in the life of a believer? I think that's a really important question because the truth is Christians have not done a good job of living values driven. Christians and churches do a great job of living behavior driven. Churches and Christians and pastors that, that they talk about things like you should be nice, forgive people, go to church, pray and read your Bible. Those are things you should do. And you shouldn't cuss, drink, smoke, lie, cheat, steal, all of that stuff. Those are all behaviors. That's living behavior driven. Notice there wasn't a value in the bunch of the things Christians say you should do and the things Christians say you shouldn't do. Have you ever found yourself thinking like that? I mean, come on, let's be honest. I think we've all been there. You found yourself making the lists of things you shouldn't do, and then the th lists you think you should do, and you find yourself camping out on the should not list a whole lot more than the should list. <laughs> That's being behavior driven. Right? Now, one area where, where believers, Christians do this all the time is the media we consume. That's the videos watch online, the movies, the TV shows, the music. I mean, how often have you heard, heard a Christian say something like, Christians shouldn't uh, listen to rap music with explicit lyrics. Yeah, you shouldn't listen to this person or that person. Or, or this question, of, or maybe you've asked the question, or someone's asked you the question, should a Christian watch fill in the blank? Should a Christian watch Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Japanese horror films? Should a Christian watch that? Now, these aren't bad questions to ask. They're just incomplete questions. Because all of those are behavior-driven. And the Bible talks far more about the values of followers of God. That's the heart of following God is what we value. And to... to that is what really should be driving us. Now, there are choices and behaviors, and that's okay. That's why I, I don't want to say those are the wrong questions. Those are just the incomplete questions. You have to ask more. And to, so today, I want to give you some guidelines, some lenses, some questions, some values right out of Scripture that can help you evaluate the media you consume. Because we all do it. We all spend, we, come on, we know. We spend hours on our phones, on our tablets, in front of the TV. We all do it. And the passage we're going to talk about today, just one little verse, 
can be used as a way to filter, to think about values instead of behaviors. Okay? So the verse I want to talk today is, is Philippians 4.8. Just one little verse toward the end of a passage, or the, the end of the book of Philippians. It's in Paul's closing thoughts. And closing thoughts for Paul often involve some thanks, some encouragements, and then, and then maybe kind of some random collection of last-minute things he wanted to say to these people. And this was one of those last-minute things that he wanted to say to the church at Philippi. So, let me read it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This verse paints an amazing picture of what Paul says we should be thinking about. What's true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. It sounds great, doesn't it? So in this passage, Paul gives eight values. Notice there's not a behavior in the list. Now, Paul is not afraid of listing behaviors in his epistles, in his letters. He does it all the time. But here, he doesn't want to focus on behaviors. He wants to focus on values. And he looks at eight. He states eight values. And he said, Christians, believers, these are the things you should be thinking about. So let's quickly run through them. First, whatever is true. This means sincere, constant, it's the opposite of dishonest or unreliable, whatever's true. Whatever is noble, this refers to what's delightful, okay? what's, what's, what's dignified, what's worthy of respect, um, what's of good character, this idea of noble. What's right, this refers to things that conform to God's standard. This isn't just about what's true. And it's not necessarily about right versus wrong. Think of the word righteous. That's what this word is. It conforms to God's standard of justice and morality. That's what this word right is. How about pure? Pure. This refers to what's wholesome or moral. It's, it's things, it's stuff that's not mixed up with sin and not mixed with immorality. So that's what's pure. What's lovely? This is whatever's pleasing. Whatever's pleasing, whatever's agreeable. What's admirable? This is stuff that's worthy of praise. Things that people approve of. Things with a really good reputation. And then he closes with two of them. Whatever's excellent. Now, what's interesting, this isn't just about quality, like excellent craftsmanship. This word is actually excellence of character. It's goodness. It's virtue. It's excellence of character. And then lastly, whatever's praiseworthy. Well, this one, well, is just worthy of praise. That's simple as that. <laughs> if something is worthy to be praised. So think about these eight words. 
Got them color-coded up there. You can spot them easily. Think about these eight words. Does the media you consume, is it characterized by these words? Not necessarily, is it R-rated or PG-13? Is it TVMA, TV-14, explicit? Like, no, 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 no. Let's just set aside all those categories for a moment and say, is it marked by these values, these characteristics? Think of the, the, the movies you watch the shows you binge, the music you listen to. Now, I'm not sure anything would have all eight of these. That's a pretty high order. So I'm not sure anything except maybe, except maybe like Mother Teresa singing Amazing Grace while showing us pictures of puppies. Okay, that might hit all of them. <laughs> I would totally watch that. <laughs> okay, but... Does the stuff you watch and listen to at least have some of these? Is it marked by this picture of this, this constellation of eight values? Or does it not? Now, two of our church values are relevance and transformation. And you heard me say those earlier today. And so I want to I give you this verse, but I also want to give you ways you could live it out. So here are two ways. Two ways you could live out being values-driven with your media. First, look for TV shows, movies, and music that embody these characteristics. Now, so, so I, I'm on Netflix like three-quarters of the rest of the world. And, and, you know, it's really hard to find stuff on Netflix that matches these categories. <laughs> it really is. So, so this week, because I was, I, I was prepping this, I'm like, okay, I want to live this out. So I started watching nature documentaries. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> I was watching Planet Earth and Blue Planet, and, 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 and I spent the whole time being like, oh, my gosh, those photographers. And so, but they were awesome, and they were amazing. And... And I wasn't necessarily watching the latest season of Walking Dead because it's, since it's now on Netflix. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'll put that off and I'll see if I want to watch that or not. Because um, that's the type of stuff that I have to wrestle with. I've watched all the other seasons and now a new one came on. And I have to decide, does this show embody these values that Scripture talks about? So I'm watching nature documentaries for a little while now. <laughs> we'll see. That and Baby Shark, that's all I'm going to be watching. Okay? So, so that's one, is look for shows that embody these values. But there's another thing you can do. Okay? Look for TV, movies, and music that also advocate for these values. All TV and movies... Everyone has a message. All music has a message. They have an agenda. They have things that they say are important. Some movies will make, essentially will make sin look good. Some movies may still have sin in them, but they'll make sin look bad. What does the movies and the TV shows that you watch advocate for? And this is where it could get interesting. Because it is entirely possible for an R-rated movie or a TVMA TV show to advocate these values. 
So I think that's why value-driven is so important. We have to be more than just behavior-driven or category-driven. We have to think about values. And that's one of the awesome things about this passage, particularly for Paul. Paul did something grammatically really strange and unusual. Normally, in, in Greek grammar, and we do this in English as well, when you have a repetition like that, you, you say the word whatever once, and then you just repeat the, the adjectives. So it's whatever's true, noble, right, pure. We do that in English. That's not what he did. He actually broke grammatical structure to say, and he repeated, every time you see that word whatever, he included it. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right. And it's almost like he's saying, and some, some scholars believe this, that in the church of Philippi, they might have created a Christian bubble. And to say the only good stuff can exist in the Christian bubble. We might say, the only music you should listen to are, are Christian, is Christian music, and you should only watch like Christian movies and Hallmark Channel stuff and things with Kirk Cameron in it, and you should only read Christian books, and you should only have Christian friends. And, and I think Paul is pushing back on that Christian bubble. And he's actually saying, whatever is true, and you can find truth outside of the Christian bubble. Uh, and so I, th I think it kind of challenges whether some of you, I think some of you are on one side where you're like, I'll watch whatever I want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. It's not really part of my Christian life. I think this passage challenges you to say, what values are you living, are you being driven by? And then the other group that, that I think this passage speaks to are the ones who live inside the Christian bubble, who are kind of cloistered in and want to reject everything else secular. And I think Paul says, you know what? Whatever is true, whatever is lovely and admirable, whatever is good and right. And yeah, it is possible that there is some great truth and great rightness and great loveliness that's outside the Christian bubble. So, so that's, that's a way we can live value-driven. Churches live value-driven, and we can live value-driven. So my challenge for you this week is, Take a look at the media you consume, the TV shows you watch, the movies you watch, the music you listen to, and find some stuff that captures these values. If you're not quite ready to quit a show because it doesn't characterize this, that's okay. Take some time. Find something new to watch. Go watch Planet Earth. That's amazing. So... So, you want to give that a shot for one week. This week, give it a shot to live values-driven as an individual. Now, I want to give you a couple examples back to the church here. I want to give you a couple examples of how we have lived out our values as a church. And these are things you've experienced on Sundays. And, and here's some of the things we've done. We talk about acceptance. Okay? We embrace people as they are. We staff friendliness. I hope every time you come to church, you are greeted at least three or four times before you ever walk through the door here. We have people out in the parking lots, in the streets, at the doors, at the cafe, at the info table, at the doors, because we want you to know we are so glad that you're here, and we accept you wherever you're at. You don't have to dress up around here. The, bi the big question today was tuck or untuck. 
I decided to tuck today. I know tucked with jeans, it, it's stretching, but that's all right. That's how much of a rebel I am. Okay? But we don't have a dress code because we don't want clothing or piercings or tattoos or hair color. We don't want any of that to get in the way of you encountering God. Transformation. Transformation. You'll hear me say things like, what's your next step? Or real growth happens when we respond to what we receive. All of these are because I don't want you to just be a chair warmer. God doesn't want you to just be a chair warmer. God wants to transform you into the image of Christ. And that's what coming to church is about. Learning how to do that. And being with other people learning how to do that. Relevance. This one, I think I work really hard at this because I want my preaching to make sense to your lives. I don't want to be preaching intellectual stuff. I think learning things is important. That's the old math teacher in me. Learning is important, but living out what we learn is more important. I never had to worry about that in high school. No one ever had to live out the Pythagorean theorem. Okay? But living out your faith, we have to do that. And so if I'm not doing my job helping you to do that, I'm not doing my job. We want to be relevant. It's also why, why I teach topical series. It's also why we do classes on finances like Financial Peace University right now or marriage like we did earlier in the year because we want to meet you in where areas where you are struggling, where you want to grow and where you want to improve. Okay, biculturalism. This one, we, we are a Hmong church. All you are attending a Hmong church. We are unapologetically Hmong, but it's okay for Hmong church to look a little different. It's okay for us to try some different things. Just what? Just two weeks ago, we tried for the first time putting Hmong and English lyrics up on the screen. If you're here, did that confuse you for a moment? It totally did me. I was about to just start going Hmong into English right away. And, but but you know, we're trying stuff out because we are bicultural. In fact, Nowadays, these days, we're even multicultural, okay? Lastly, authenticity. I believe, or second to last, authenticity. I believe this one starts with me. Authenticity starts with me. So, for instance, in my sermons, I don't, I don't often tell sermon stories. It, it, the types you find on the internet, you can just look up. And, I, you know, when you hear me tell stories, I tell stories about me. Because I want to lay out all of my good and all of my bad because I believe when I do that, it gives you permission to do that. And when you hear me talking about my life and the things I've done well at and the things I haven't done so well at, I hope that it helps create a safe place for you to do the same. And lastly, impact. There's a reason we have a community engagement ministry. There's a reason we partner with, with groups like Envision. And we're excited about that because we want to make a difference in our community, and that is really important to us. So we, were, we will tirelessly work toward it, and we will fund it, and you will hear it from up on stage, and we'll take Sundays to talk about it, because that's what God calls the church to be, is a blessing to its community. So can you join us in these? Can you join us in these six values? Do you think you could live them out? Do you think you could do that while you're here at River Life and even while you're at home and hanging out with friends? And when you're able to join us, 
we become we. We become the River Life family that God meant us to be, to bring hope and healing to a hurting group, to be Christ for a lot of people that do not know Christ or have left Christ. And, and this is the how of how we do it. So come join along with me in this. Buy into these values. Love them, live them. And if one of these is hard for you, admit it. That's okay. But say, you know what, but I'm going to try it anyway. Because I believe in the mission and I believe in the values of River Life. Join me in prayer. God, we thank you that you have given River Life a mission. Lord, and we thank you that, that, that all of these people every Sunday will come here to join us in this mission. God, we, we believe that these values are the best way to do that. If they're not, God, lead us with some new values. God, but amongst all of these, let our values be Christ-driven. Let us reflect Christ. Let us live Christ. Let us speak Christ. Let us preach Christ. So that everyone comes, who comes in here isn't just expect, accepted or loved or transformed, but they are brought closer to you every Sunday and every day. And they're brought into a saving, redeeming, transforming relationship with you. So thank you, Lord, for these values for this church and this church family. So I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.